Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 7th of December, 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets and macro. I'm Nadine Blaney, and I'm here with David Scott. Scuddy, when I say macro, clearly, I mean GDP. But that's a very backward-looking read. It is. Uh, look, we're almost in the middle of December, and we're talking about uh, what happened pretty much around the uh, crescendo of the September quarter, in the middle of the, uh, the month there, so the middle of the quarter, I should say. So it's a long time ago. Three months or so has passed, and a lot has changed then, including when it comes to the monetary policy situation, what's going on in China, a whole bunch of other things out there at the moment. So whilst 0.6% quarter-on-quarter, 5.9% year-on-year sounds pretty great, yeah, the world is changing, and at least some of the other the real time uh, data sets we're going to get at the moment are suggesting that activity in Australia and other parts of the world, of course, as well, is uh, is rolling over pretty rapidly at the point of time. It sure is, and so uh, an endorsement, suppose, of what the RBA chose to do yesterday, which of course was a twenty five basis point hike. I had plenty of conversations about where where interest rates will. Um, hit in 2023 when the worm might turn in terms of cuts. I mean, do you feel like there's a real consensus out there right now? I think everyone's expecting there's going to be some kind of downturn. The other you know, people who think it's going to be soft landing or uh, no recession at all, a few and far in between, uh, really comes down to the actions in this little next stretch of months coming up are going to be pretty crucial, I think. Uh, it's getting to the point where maybe not in the States, it's a different kind of mechanism when it comes to tightening policy there. But uh, in likes of Australia and everywhere else, we're much more sensitive to movement to the front end of the curve and cash rate movements and everything else. Uh, yes, inflation is undeniably very hot right now. But uh, some of the signs, some of the evidence, uh, just uh, anecdotally, you can see around the variety of cities is telling me that things are starting to go and slow down, uh, particularly in when it comes to some of those services side of the equation now, which was really booming only a few months ago. Yeah, well, when your mortgage keeps going up, it's time to pull back something somewhere. Okay, let's leave the macro for now. Let's talk about what happened in markets today. Scotty, what's happened to the Santa Claus rally? Exactly. Ever since I wrote about it, uh, the market's been going one-way traffic. Uh, the one thing I found really interesting today, though, uh, was that the narrative that's uh, that's attached to what happens. Uh, we love to go and try and explain things, and everyone's saying, oh, it's all about recession risk next year, and that the Fed's going to have to go and keep rates high for longer. That's not new. <laughs> We've been talking about that since, I yeah. know, uh, geez, probably at least uh, no, Jackson Hole. And so that's four or five months on. Um, so I just wonder whether the market got a little bit ahead of itself. And we're not really into that full-fledged Santa rally period of December anyway just yet. We'll see what happens, of course, next week. Uh, some pretty big events coming up. And that might explain why we're getting to the point where a little bit of caution is creeping. And that's the inflation print. 
And then, of course, the Federal Reserve following a day later. Yeah, we've got PPI this week, CPI, and we've got the Fed next week. So, yeah, a bit of trepidation ahead of that. But to your point, the data shows that Santa Claus rallies don't normally get going until later in the month. So I know it feels as if this month is already flying by. 7th of December, get your shopping done now. You know, it's we still got still got a solid couple of weeks before we hit the 23rd when we all can just clock off, put our feet up, and have a bit of a rest. No rest for the wicked, though, yet, Scotty. You've just written the market wrap. Walk us through some of the big stories because, look, I'm going to be honest, there's not many of them out there today. No, there's not. Uh, the corporate news flow has just really dried up the last couple of days. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether that's just you know, a, a temporary thing before we get a late flurry into uh, the Christmas period, but uh, it could be that everyone's just strutting up shop now. We've had uh, a majority of those AGMs coming through. So I wonder, but yeah, it's uh, a, underneath the service, there's a lot of churn going on. And today, the one thing that was really noticeable is that if you go and strip out the performance of those iron ore majors, yeah. it would have been a very ugly session out there. We're talking about you no know, declines coming through in excess of probably 2% for the XJO X uh, material space. So it's, uh, it's clearly that's some profit taking. There's clearly a bit of concern, or at least in those cyclical parts of the economy, about uh, what's going on. Had it not been for those trying to reopen hopes that we see continue to go and permeate every day, yeah, I wonder where the market would be, uh, I don't know, say, in another kind of universe, parallel universe per se. Yeah, well, I mean, thanks. Thanks again. We've got this uh, component of the local market because, to your point, Infotech was a massive underperformer. I mean, when you look at the falls that we've seen on Wall Street the past couple of days, relatively speaking, our market is outperformed. You know, NASDAQ down 2%. Our tech sector was battered today. Consumer discretionary, to your point, was hit hard. Energy as well. One story that keeps on keeping on is that battle that's going on for Warrego Energy in WA. So we've got Strike today saying that it has increased its stake in the company to 19.9%, which, you know, takes it pretty close to that 20% level, stating the obvious. But with Hancock and Beach both, uh, you know, both trying to get their hands on it, it's become a very interesting story and uh, Beach was hit. It got a broker downgrade. It saw its share price suffer today. Santos was in the news for another reason. So it sort of put some parameters around the the type of uh, cash that it is likely to return to shareholders, not just now, but in the future. And in fact, that was the stock of the day with Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial and Carl Capulinga, who was here in the flesh. He's not a big mystery when he shows up. He's not, I was going to say snuffleupagus, but I've realized that Aussies don't know what snuffleupagus is. It's like this mysterious animal in a kid's show in Canada that only appears when the adults are out of the room. But anyways, Carl Kefalinga, think markets. We know what a snuffleupagus, we definitely know what snuffleupagus, we know what snuffleupagus, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sometimes my cultural references get all confused. I, get, I, I joke to myself that I, when I'm all clogged up and my nose is blocked that I'm snuffleupagus. So there we go. Oh, there you go, Scotty. Uh, we'll break to the uh, stock of the day right now. Woodside is definitely stick with that one. That's still very, very strong. And one we're going to talk about, Beach Petroleum, is also one that I'd probably be more interested in than Santos. So I'm happy to go hold. You right. know, it's not terrible. It's just not my preferred pick in the, in the sector. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm happy to buy Santos here. Right. Um, we've held it in the model portfolio probably for four or five years around that $5 mark. Hasn't been a great yeah. performer, been okay. Um, but we think if that oil price does kick up a lot, Santos is probably in the best position to capitalise on that. Just remembered it's Pokeroo. So there's a, a legendary Canadian television show called Polka Dot Door and Pokeroo was the um, sort of 
And you know what? It's half kangaroo. Oh, I was destined to move to Australia. See, it's half kangaroo that only shows up when the adults clear the room. I digress. <laughs> Take it away, Scotty. What should we talk about now? Because, you know, uh, we've got sort of tier two data tonight, but we do have the Bank of Canada, which is an interesting one. Yeah, old Tiff Macklem and the crew uh, at bat for the final time in 2022. Been pretty aggressive early on. Uh, whether that continues uh, or whether it goes into 25-point mode, we'll find out uh, in a few hours' time. But uh, that will probably go and set the tone when it comes to central bank uh, expectations, particularly around the Fed, you'd imagine, as well next week. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how they go and handle it. Uh, certainly there's signs that uh, the Canadian economy is starting to go and roll over. But, uh, yeah, it's coming from a pretty high base and uh, there's still very high inflation. And we know that the Bank of Canada has been pretty, uh, pretty keen to go and ensure that inflation is a primary target when it comes to going and getting back towards uh, acceptable levels, even if that sacrifices a bit of growth uh, momentum coming through. So we'll find out, but uh, it's going to be a 25 or a 50 one way or another. And then uh, how it's uh, portrayed in the company's statement will probably be pretty instructive as well. And uh, whether it signals it's going to be aggressive into 2023. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it did slow the pace last time around because they are seeing signs of cooling. And don't forget, Canada is as leveraged to the property market, although, you know, not quite as sensitive to uh, to interest rates from the bank as we are here, but still a very leveraged property market there. Uh, look, as far as interviews in the show notes, I had, I had a you know, really flurry of great uh, interviews towards the end of the session. But on the small caps today, I get, did get to speak with a gentleman from MFS Investment Management, and that was all about small caps. He reckons we're pretty close to an inflection point for small caps. In the U.S., small and mid caps actually did outperform uh, the S&P 500. So he thinks that now, uh, even with recession looming, is the time to get into small stories for the medium to long term. So that I think is available via the show notes. Any interviews that you did today really stand out to you, Scuddy? Paul Dean from uh, Langdon Equity Partners uh, in Toronto, near your old uh, neck of the woods. Uh, very interesting uh, doing a bit of a reconnaissance in the industrial heartland in Europe uh, and around uh, Germany and Poland. And a lot of the conversations we've been having about doom and gloom and uh, stagflation, energy crisis and the like, uh, he says that uh, quite the contrary, evidence on the ground suggests those things are not impacting anywhere near as much. Indeed, he thinks things are getting better. So the world is ready to plunder when it comes to the opportunities out there in those marketplaces. Also gave us an insight as to one of the companies he likes back home in Canada in the wealth management business. Sounds uh, pretty familiar uh, in the process of doing some M&A activities. So, well, I uh, haven't listened to that. Uh, also, uh, having a, a chat with a number of other guests today, uh, Paul Ashworth uh, was on the program as well. Really good conversation, taking macro trends and applying to investment strategy. And uh, talking a bit about uh, longer duration parts of the market, what he likes and what he doesn't like. Uh, really instructive and I uh, encourage you to go and watch that as well. Yeah, and I just uh, wrapped the session with Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. He had copper as a big theme after a note coming from Goldman Sachs and some commentary from Global Copper Producer. And he gives a few ways that you can play that domestically, both company-specific and via ETFs. So there's a few things you might like to check out on the Ausbiz website, ausbiz.com.au, uh, if you have time or via the show notes. Look, I think Canada was name-dropped quite a lot in this last half of this podcast, so perhaps I should just exit stage right and uh, we look forward to seeing you all uh, and you tomorrow Scotty. Look forward to it already. See you then. Yeah.